thousand miles away getting caught up in this conversation. I can see them going to their Facebook page and, uh, and just getting exciting about what they, were, what they were seeing happening a thousand miles away in Israel. And I can see them shooting off a friend request right away to Joseph and Mary. I'm sure Joseph and Mary would have befriended them. And then I can see them writing on their wall this message. Have seen the star, read the prophecies, crazy excited, leaving shortly, see you in a few months. But you know, before they left to go to see Mary and Joseph and the baby, there was one thing the wise man had to do. In fact, we could call the the three wise men the first Christmas shoppers in the history of the world. They went shopping for Jesus. Now, they didn't go out to a mall, but they were very wealthy men, the scriptures say. And so among all their treasures and wealth, they went about seeking out the very best gift, the, the most perfect gifts that they could think of, that they could take and give to Jesus. And nothing could stop them. I mean, they, they were going to go a thousand miles to take those gifts and give to Jesus in person. Now, what I want to know this morning is this, and I know we got some sharp kids in here, and I have a question that I would like maybe some of the kids to help me answer this morning. And here's the question. The wise men, they could have stayed right where they were in Persia. They didn't have to ride a thousand miles. They could have stayed right there and worshipped God. They could have stayed right there and prayed to God. I mean, isn't it true, kids, that if you say a prayer to God right where you're seated this morning, that prayer will go right to him? And if, you, and if, if a child is over in China and they pray to God, that prayer is going to go straight up to God? So they could have stayed right where they were. God hears our prayers. He, they could have thanked God for the, for the new baby Jesus that was born and never had to go anywhere. So why, my question is, why did the wise men feel like they had to get three gifts and then they had to take those gifts all the way to Jesus and give them to him in person? So if there's any of the kids right here that think you have an answer to that question, in a nice, loud voice, Eve? Okay, because they knew this was a newborn king unlike any other king that had ever been born. That's really good. Any other kids? All right. Micaiah? Because he was very special, is that what he said? All right. You hit the nail on the head for sure. He was extremely special. Any other, any other kids with an answer? Why did the wise men have to go all that way? Go ahead and say it. I can't see you. Oh, over here. Okay. All right. They wanted to go there and see it with their own eyes, right? They didn't, this was the greatest thing to ever happen in the history of the world. They didn't want to miss that. It was worth a thousand miles trip, right? Okay, all right, kids, great job. I'll have another question for you in a few minutes. Well, I was thinking about that same question, and I think in addition to what the kids have said, here's one one thought I had on that. I think they were so very grateful for this gift that God had given them, the gift of his son, Jesus, the Savior, that it made them want to give God a gift back. They wanted to give something to God, too. And you know, there's a verse in the Bible that goes like this. We love God because he first 
loved us. And I think that's what's going on right here with the wise men. God was the first one to give a gift. That was the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, come to give us hope and salvation, born in a manger. And they felt so loved by God by this great gift that they wanted to do something to show their love. And why do we give gifts at Christmas? Well, the same reason they wanted to give gifts to God. That is because we give gifts because it's just, it's sort of a natural way to show somebody that we really love them. We want to give something to them to show our love. I think that's what the wise men were doing. And it really raises the question, doesn't it? How much, how much does God love us? Well, I heard a story. Uh, there was this boy that had been in kids' church, and the teacher was trying her best to explain to the kids how much God loves them. And she did everything she could to get it across. Well, on the way home, in the car, the boy's dad said, hey, what'd you learn about in church this morning? And so the boy started to tell him, well, our teacher was trying to explain to us how much God loves us, and he could sort of tell that maybe his boy wasn't, didn't quite get it yet. So when they got home, they jumped out of the car, and, and the dad said, hey, take a walk with me. So they walked down this road about half a mile, and there was a high hill right there. They climbed to the very peak of that hill, and then his dad said to his son, now son, I want you to look as far as you can see, as far as your eyes can see, in all directions. So his son did that. His son turned around, and as far as the horizon, he just looked as, as far as he could see, many, many miles. And then he said, his, his dad said, now I want you to look up to the sky. And I want you to look all around, see past the clouds, see as far as you can see into the sky. And then his dad said, now son, that's how big, that's how much God loves you. And then the son thought about it a second. And then he looked up to his dad and said something even greater. He said, hey dad, then that must mean that you and I are standing right in the middle. And you know what? That very first Christmas, God was showing us that that's exactly how much he loves you and me. That you and I are standing right in the very middle, surrounded on all sides by a God who loves us beyond what we could ever imagine. How do we know that? Because, well, who was in that manger that night? Who was that? Well, it was Jesus, but who was Jesus? Jesus was God. Jesus was God who came into our world to live among us. In other words, in that manger, God gave himself to you and I. And you know what? There is no greater gift that anyone can give to someone else than to give their entire self to that person. That's what happened that first Christmas night. God, the creator of all the universe, gave himself to you personally and to me personally. And he did that for a reason, to show us that he loves us, but then that love was going to call for him to do something for us, and that was sacrifice himself for us. He came to sacrifice himself. Now, why did he do that? Why did he have to do that? Because we had all stopped loving God. And that raises my other question for the kids this morning. Why would anybody ever stop loving God? Why would, why would somebody 
not want to love God. When God loves us so much, why would somebody not want to love Him that much back? Cody? Okay, because they can't see Him. And that's a great answer. Maybe they're looking for some physical evidence or something, and they can't see Him. And what did the Scriptures say about how we can, how can, we can really know God's there even though we can't see Him with our own eyes? How does the Bible say that? Right over here. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> He's got an answer to the other question. We'll come back to you in just a second. Well, you know, Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas was doubting for that very same reason. He didn't see Jesus raised from the dead. And so Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, the way you can know that I'm really here is if you'll put faith in me. If you'll take a step of faith and come to me, I'll reveal myself to you in a way that's even deeper than physical evidence. The scientific method is not the only way to know things. Jesus Christ is a person. He's alive. He's real. He can reveal himself to the deepest part of our being when we open our, when we open our life to him. All right, so that, that's a great answer. What's another reason why a person might not love God? Right back there. Okay, great answer. They might not see what God's doing in their life. They might not see the bigger picture. All right, great. Not missing any kids? All right, good, good answers, tremendous. Now, let me, let me sum those up in two words, okay? There's two very, very old words that, are, that have been around almost since humanity's been here, I think are reasons why people stop loving God. The first one is the word sin, S-I-N. And what the word sin really boils down to is that we start loving other things more than we love God until the point that God gets crowded out of our hearts and he's no longer even relevant to us. In fact, we can forget about it. We can live our lives as though there were no God. That's how much he means to us. So we stop loving him because we love other things more. There's another old word, though, and it's another reason why people stop loving God sometimes. And it starts with an S, too. And that's the word sorrow. Some people have had some sorrows in their life. In fact, most people have. All people have. Some of those, some, some, something very, very bad has happened in a person's life. And a lot of times people get very upset and angry with God. They get bitter with God. Some people even say there must not even be a God. How could this possibly happen? And there still be a God up there, let alone a God who really loves us that much. And so those two reasons, our, our sins and our sorrows make us stop loving God. Here's another question. What would you say, or would you say, that a person whose heart stops loving is broken and needs to be fixed, needs to be healed? Well, that's what happened between us and God. We stopped loving God, so something's broken inside. Something's broken deep inside in our hearts. And again, that's why God came into the world that night in a manger. Because he grew from being a baby in a manger, he grew up to become a man who went and died on the cross. And in a few minutes, we're going to have communion together, which reminds us of why Jesus died for us. He died to forgive us of our sins 
so that he can help us with our sorrows. And then he can heal our hearts so we can begin to love him again. I think the Lord wants us to become just as excited as the wise men were on that very first Christmas night. Seeing his love for what it is, being so excited about the gift of his love, that we, more than anything else in the world, we want to give him something back, a gift from, our, from ourselves back to him. I think that's what God wants. So my question to everybody here this morning is this. Have you done your shopping for Jesus yet this year? You've done a lot of other shopping. In fact, I saw a lot of men out shopping yesterday when I was out finish, well, starting and finishing my shopping. I saw a lot of guys out there. But my question is, have you, have you done your shopping for Jesus this year? And you know what? Jesus is very, very easy to shop for because he's already told us exactly the gift that he most wants. And what is that gift? Well, it's the very same gift that he gave to us. He gave us himself. And the greatest gift we can give back to him is the gift of giving him ourself. And we do that by opening up our broken hearts, believing that he died for us on the cross, asking him for forgiveness of our sins, asking him to help us with our sorrows, and then just giving our whole selves to him. And you know what? When you and I give ourselves to the one who has given himself to us. In other words, you have two people giving their whole selves to one another. What do you end up with? You end up with a relationship. And that's why Jesus came into the world. He's a person. And above all the persons you've ever met or could ever possibly think of meeting, he is more interested in relationships than anybody else. And he wants, a, he created you to have a personal relationship with you. We stopped loving him because of our sins and our sorrows. But then he came back to us because he never stopped loving us. And he went to a manger. He grew up. He died. And that's the message that we celebrate here this morning. So that we have the opportunity to, to have a healed heart that starts loving him again. Have you joined the wise men and given the gift of yourself to Jesus Christ in person? Well, he is here in person right here in this room this morning. And he will come into your life if you will surrender up your life to him as your greatest gift. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you sent Jesus into the world as your friend request to us, your request to be a friend. And Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room this morning will, on our own homepage, see that friend request and go and click it and accept you as our friend. Heavenly Father, you created us for this reason. And now, Lord, we come this morning preparing our hearts for communion. And we celebrate the wonderful, wonderful gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the Lord who can heal our hearts. And Lord, in these closing moments of this Christmas celebration, I pray that your Spirit 
will take these simple words that have been shared here this morning that are not just the words of a story, but they are the words of everlasting foundational truth and reality. So, Father, we give ourselves to you this morning in the closing moments of this service and be with us as we celebrate this in these moments of communion in just a few moments. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.